see the. Yo, why are you moving? <laughs> yeah, you mute me. I'm a bad. <laughs> yeah, you mute me. Yo, I'm muting you. Yeah, Why you mute me? Yo, you always choose the podcast type to wash up, dude. I don't know what's wrong oh with you, man. Oh my god. I'm never washing up. That's the thing about it, man. You got tinnitus, man. Sorry, <laughs> okay. he is. Dude, put your cutlery away, man. Put the cutlery away. I ain't got no I got a glass of vodka, but there ain't no cutlery in here, man. Is that, is that what it is, then? Dude, take the spoon out the glass, then, man. <laughs> hey, I see the vodka, man. Vodka, man, not jelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yo, welcome to the Real Locker Room Talk. Uh, it looks like we got one in a million or sort of, which is good. Uh, we're the horsemen of the apocalypse, the black apocalypse. Although, I'm not sure if we're all black. Are we all black? We are. We're actually we're all black. We're all black. It's good. We're the all blacks. Um, <laughs> there we've got two special guests because uh, one of our guys has disappeared. Uh, so we got links. Yeah, yeah, link, link. We need this laughing. You need to sample his voice, man. I keep telling you about sampling. I'm gonna do it laugh. next time. I'm gonna do it, man, for sure. So we've got uh, Luke, Luke man. Luke, man, can you tell yeah. yourself, man? What's going on? So um, I'm a comic from Brom. My name's Luke McDonald, but stage name's Luke, man. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just coming up on the comedy scene, and then I'm also maybe thinking about doing some podcast multimedia stuff myself as well next year. Just building my rep in the game, networking. That's cool, man. That's a proper, proper, proper hot. You know what? But I'm really more excited about this next guest because it's a girl, it's a female. And I'm all, I'm, <laughs> to start this podcast, I was like, I gotta get a girl on the show, man. She's a girl, isn't she? I'm all right, all right. I am, I am. <laughs> glory, <laughs> glory. Uh, I don't actually know how to refer to her. What, what do you? What, what can we call you? I don't know. One in a million. Them. <laughs> Who? There's 50,000 50, references these days, so yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. But <laughs> one in a million. Okay, we got one in a million with us in the house. One in a <laughs> million. <laughs> actually, it's like one in a million. <laughs> so it's, a, it's kind of like Jamaican, you know, Patwa. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I'm aware of the Patwa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've got our, lo- our normal people, you know, we've got Nigel. Yeah, yeah. Jokes. And we got we got Simon, of course, one of the So um how's everyone going, man? What was he talking about just before we uh, started the show? Luke, 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 Luke was telling us about his comedy, man. So three to four shows a week. Yeah, let's find out about people. Are you all over the country, Luke? Or Yeah, yeah. So um I'm in my second year in comedy. I just did my first show in the Berman Comedy Festival a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's my first long form show. I managed to sell it out and stuff. Yeah, I got got some more of them coming up in co- in uh, comedy festivals up and down the country. So if anyone wants to follow me on social media, uh, my Instagram is Luke Manwright again. And you might have to do that again. You know, Luke, your reception's awful, bro. Luke Man rides again. Yeah, rides uh, again. And then um, my Facebook is just Luke Anthony McDonald. And yeah, you find, find me, follow me on any of those. Find when I got shows in the city near you. If people outside of Birmingham are listening to this, <laughs> cool man. Cheers. Yeah, man. Well, we got one guy who's already in Germany. This is coming over here. This then... is coming over here, though. I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not going to make the journey, man. <laughs> 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 got three kids, man. I can't do that. Uh, but That's wait, I want to find out about one in a million, man. You know, this is this is for me the most important guest today. I'm sorry, sorry, Luke. Yo, 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 yo disrespect you. Man's just finished work earlier. Yeah, man, just brush your side. Disrespect, 
Respect the lady. Okay, peace, peace, peace. Order. Respect the lady. Order. Hello. Okay, one in a million. Please tell us about yourself, your lovely self. Uh, yeah, the, it's just me. Um, I, I would like to get into some voice work and that sort of thing next year. I can sing. Um, I don't do anything performance-wise or professionally. So, okay. yeah, it's it's just me. Ready to share my opinion. I have lots of them. What do you mean you don't do nothing professional? You're a professional. No, no, I am a professional, but the, in a different realm. But I mean, I don't do anything with my voice professionally as yet, but that is subject to change. So, what, what realm? What, what, what do you do? What's the day job? Well, the day job has been um, working with ex offenders and resettlement, oh. and I've done psychology and that sort of thing. So, doing counseling course at the moment. And yeah, we're getting free counseling basically. We're getting free counselling. <laughs> well, we got problems. <laughs> we got problems. Well, in a million. I, I got. I got problems. I, I find myself professionally trying to be a bit more objective than I, I think I would be today. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've previously worked at uh, CAF Cast. I'm sure you probably know what that is, and I worked at oh, yes. Rehab as well. Okay. Okay. Oh, so sim- Oh, good similarities. Okay. Yeah, well, I was I was just doing an ad- admin in those places, but there were still some pretty dark places to work. Mm, mm, definitely. Well, yeah, there's a lot of dark things out there and people struggling right now. So, yeah. But we've I'm been talking about sure some of them. Have probably frontline admin, you would have come across a lot of. You would have probably done some more than some of the managers would have done with people that are in crisis. So. Well, I did have to. I did have to speak to speak to a lot of them. Some some good and some very awful human beings. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. I can really imagine. I, I I don't work there anymore, so I can say what I want. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> just on the show. Don't, don't get too personal though, because we don't want to get banned or anything. Hey, hey, Luke, I would, I would, I, Luke, I would imagine there's some good material came from that job. Yeah, there's some uh, good you know comedy what? sketches from there. <laughs> I, I don't really do stuff from there. I, I get better material from... I used, to, I used to run bookies when I was younger, and I used to be a bouncer. And I've got, oh, okay. much, I've, I've got much crazier stories than that from the office job. Because at the Same. office job, I used to hold it down and keep it professional and just keep my poker face on. But yeah. when I was in, when I was in the office... elbowing, bouncer, dropping people, and then he's a bouncer for jobs. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it was like a cut, a cut without a badge. I'm worse about the fucking badge. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. That would be terrible for me, though, because I'd just be seeing guys, like, eyeing people up, and they'd be standing next to their missus, and I'd just be like, oh, my God, I'd hurt them on purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> Good that I've never done that job. Uh, I, I, I'd fire you if you're my security. You're ruining these lads, man. You'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. this town again. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's oh, the agenda. So, shall we get into our first topic, man? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Actually, actually, I was reading um, a tweet the other day, and I found this very interesting what someone wrote. And it, basically, I'll read the tweet to you, and we can all have our little opinion on it. Mm. Uh, it's uh, Okay, so basically, it was like this. If porn is supposedly setting up men to have unrealistic expectations of women and sex, they do romance novels, and to some degree, rom-coms, which I guess is a romantic comedies yeah, yeah. have a similar effect on women, whereby they develop unrealistic expe- expectations of men and relationships. 
I don't know, man. What do you guys think about that? Because I, I don't was... know any women who read rom coms anymore. I mean, read these yeah, kind you, of books, like these love... Joan Collins books. He Joan Collins. Yeah, but look, no. Collins was <laughs> not Joan Collins. Which one is that? The next one, like Jackie Collins. <laughs> Jackie Collins used to write these love books and like Mills and Boone and all these kind of things that women used. To. I don't think women read stuff like that anymore. Well, nobody watches. What we're talking about is like rom coms, like for example, um, Sex and the City, for example. I mean, that wasn't really a romantic comedy, but you know, like, you know what I mean? Like a series that. In, that was women getting their rocks off. Let's not, let's not, let's not forget that. Would it be more like? Wouldn't that be like Fifty <laughs> Shades of? Wouldn't that be Fifty what, Shades what's of Grey? I thought well, sex listen, was trying to train a generation of women to handle situations. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to men and sex, and especially when it gets to middle age and stuff. I thought it was quite terrible for women because when, when I used to date women more up regularly, they used to say to me, "Yeah, I want sex and sit." And as soon as they said this, I knew. Oh man, I'm dating this kind of girl. A blue <laughs> yeah, 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 it was like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like well, that. Let's ask a woman. Just, you can't just paint Russian girl. Let's ask the only woman in the group. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you can't just say, but, "Oh, yeah. you watch that, therefore you are this." Come on, yeah, man. but but but, uh, but come look, on, man. But look, look listen. Look here, yeah, here's, here's the nugget. Come on, with things, man. So you hey, know. Hey, here's the nugget. <laughs> look, we was watching like Disney programs when we was younger. What was the general um, idea of a Disney show? It was basically mm-hmm. like uh, a, a man has to sweep a woman off her feet. The woman waits to be kissed by the handsome prince and then he'll look after and take her away, etc. Yeah, et yeah, but, 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 but we, are, we are coming out of a generation though. You've got to remember, man, you know, 10, 15 years, man, we've been you know, retraining the world that all that ain't the way that it's supposed to be anyway. That's just based on... That's through the feminist movement, but I don't think it's actually changed that much even when you look at like... No, man. I think like TV's got more raw, so it's just show more of what's real out there and everything, and maybe they've hyped it up a bit. I mean, like, you only have to watch Hollyoaks to know that things are just hyped up. Someone's getting kidnapped, tied up, beat, things blow up, everything. It's dramatised. Like, like, Hollyoaks, wow, I don't want to live there, man. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Hollyoaks, you know. I mean, it's country around there, and it looks like Moss Side in the 80s or something. It's like, what the hell, G? You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, but, let me comment on this topic. Yeah, in, 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 in relation to this, so when some entertainment is made, it's mainly aimed at one gender, male or female. It's usually wrote to the most sort of hyper version that shit. So if you get if you get superhero things and a guy's written it, the guy's the henchiest gears or whatever, no yeah. one can kill him. He gets all the women. And then when you go to a sort of women's entertainment or fantasy, it's the most romanticized version of that normally as well. Do you know what I mean? This guy is the nicest guy ever. He's the richest, most handsome prince in the land. And that's what people buy into for a lot of entertainment. People want fantasy to escape yeah. from their real, yeah, yeah, normal yeah, life. I think when you're younger, you buy into that. You do buy as into you get, that. As, as you get older and cynical. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, exactly. I when don't think you, re- you realise. I really don't. Like, I've met some women lately that have told me they believe in Made in Chelsea or things yeah. like that. Not slating anyone that does watch it. That's not my scene. But I, for I, some I, people, I'm they slaying, believe I'm that they're them. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I do believe... I, I've met women who've been like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for a guy who's got a good job, he's making six or seven figures, etc. And I think it was like, what kind of, who you, who you waiting for, man? Because the majority of us make 10 to 15. Well, yeah, hours. but that and, doesn't and always the, come from TV. Sometimes it's like friends as well. That's true, yeah. Yeah, but that's you true. You know what it is? I, I saw a meme or something that encapsulates this perfectly, and it said, your standards are higher than your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> people who are people who are three or four 
they're watching the Kardashians, they're watching these programs, they got 10 dreams. I'm like, bro, you can't even maintain yourself. You ain't going to be able to maintain a 9 or a 10. To be honest, I, there's this girl who I know, Wayne, you know, sorry, um, her name's Rio, man. She's flipping ridiculously stunning than that, man. But if this girl was my girl, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep at night, man. I'd be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that in my life. I'm not, listen, I'm happy I'm a five. I'm a I'm happy to be a five. I'm happy for my girl to be a five and we live happily ever after, man. Maybe she makes a nice brew, man. She's already gone up to a six already. You know what I mean? Maybe she's not giving me a headache. Now she's a seven. You know what I mean? Maybe she's good with kids. Now she's an eight. You know what I mean? Like, this is how it works. Like, for me, like, you know, maybe she has some passions and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, them days now, going chasing that, the sexiest girl I can find, I can tell you that, that is long gone. That is long gone. You know well, I mean? yeah, that's something long- I think that comes with maturity as well. But yeah. I think the media influence does have a lot to answer for, but also for parents as well, because I'm not going to be teaching my children to really expect that anything that they're seeing and consuming from media is genuine or they should live their life by that model. So I really think... Well, I reckon we were talking about this the other week. Sorry to cut you out, but I wanted to get into mm. to say this to you because we were talking about this the other week. The only thing is now, like you're saying, like you, you have to watch your kids how they take in the media. But now well, yeah, you have how to much about main... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but now I asked the question about should we be looking at where where we take that 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 um, but what we're watching basically because in in this day and age, like a lot of what we're watching on TV, especially when we're talking about real world stuff, it's kind of painting a narrative like that's it's it's almost like it is whatever the big scale American or English view politically is on these things the work that they show and then you'll get a little program like our world or something that unreported world that'll show you something which is a bit you know more out there and 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 it's that one show a month that it's something different apart from that we see the same stuff the same wars the same sort of to me propaganda and then when i start looking at different news sources or different places to take entertainment and everything i'm learning a lot more than ever would just watching mainstream tv that's because that's because news bad news sells my friend good news don't sell yeah but the stuff mm. i'm watching this isn't necessarily good news it's just news from other parts of the world that have a genuine legitimate right to have their story told but we hear about syria 20 times instead of hearing about syria once and then find out what's going on in zimbabwe find out what's going on in these countries find out, and it just don't seem to tell the story man you know what I mean? Like there's people freezing and dying in the Ukraine and that and sleeping on underground pipes and that to try and keep warm in minus 30, but they don't even get a mention. Well, yeah, because all the rich owners are the ones that control the narrative. So that's why. They don't get, they don't get a mention in this country, my friend. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, I'm just trying, I'm trying to stay on topic here because I think we've kind of moved off the topic. But so. you, you know, in relation to that, what you were just saying though, I understand that not everything that's covered should get covered and it's very selective. But at the same time, there is so much human suffering going on in the world every single day. And that unfortunately is just a part of life. They couldn't possibly cover every yeah. atrocity. Do you know what I mean? True. I was True. like, I, I, do a bit, I do a bit on this on stage and it's, it's, it's not really about this, but it's more so about, it started, I was in an argument with my girl and she was complaining about like the Wi-Fi not working in the flat or something. Yeah. First and, of all, uh, yeah, yeah, and I was and I was high, and I was like, "Do you know how many chickens are killed a year and eaten in a day and eaten in a day?" And she said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I, I looked it up, and fifty-five million chickens a day are consumed on Earth. 
that was like imagine how insignificant chickens are. This so. is actually a good segue into a topic that I want to talk about: veg- vegetarianism <laughs> and veganism. Because mm-hmm. I've been a vegetarian for uh, the best part of 11 years now. No, that's a lie. Nine years. But I've actually been thinking, I've been dabbling with the idea of actually going back into eating meat. Probably because the influence of my um, partner I work with. But, you know... You're missing a steak, my friend. It's not, it's not. You know what? You know what? Actually, to be honest, yeah. Is anyone else a vegetarian here? Is anyone else? I usually am. That's so funny. What do you mean? What can you answer that, man? Parker, again. I I usually am. When I'm pregnant, I crave meat like crazy. But I'm told and believe that your body tells you what you need to have. So it's it's always like steak and mutton and red meats that I wouldn't even eat. And I used to eat meat. But I genuinely think that culturally like some people that <laughs> like i swear like some aunties and cousins and it's kind of like oh see anyone want one piece of chicken then <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> actually that's what's weird they ask you with a sound insulted at the same time i'll tell you one thing about about like like they said the darker the darker people on the, on the earth, they don't understand this concept of vegetarianism or veganism. When I was in Thailand or Brazil and I was like, I don't eat meat, they look at me like I just swore to their parents. <laughs> really? They'd be like, you don't want meat? What? You know, here's some meat. And they try to sneak meat on my plate. You know, all they'd say to me like... like Kenya, bro, and you see the steak. Oh, man. You know, I'll tell you one thing, that a Brazilian barbecue is off the hook, though, man. If there was anything that's going to turn me back into a meat eater, it would have been that. <laughs> Trust Ooh. me, man. Yeah, Brazilian <laughs> right there's, one yeah in, man. there's one in Birmingham, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like the authentic. Trust me, I was at a place where it was <laughs> off the chain. Trust me, I was like, oh, God. The dripping juices off the, off the meat, the tenderloin. I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. But, uh, I can't man. understand why, as a vegetarian, you're using a Brazilian barbecue, man. I'm just trying to get my head around that. <laughs> Who's invited? Who's yeah, me, right. one of the times. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the market actually... one in Sao Paulo when we went with uh, Luis. Um, we went... We was on the way back, so we went up Pelista Avenue and that, and we went seen all that, you know, the buildings where like the Brazil flag was on the side of the building. And when we came back down, there was like a little, like a little side street off off the main Pelista Avenue, and we walked up there, and there's just markets either side, and mm. people were cooking food out there, and I was just eating picanha there with him. It was well nice, man, which is basically steak for anybody. Probably, man. Probably. It's really nice. It's steak. Well, nice. I don't remember all I know is when I was in the town, man, that was the place. But anyway, what I was saying was basically, I've been a vegetarian now for nine years. I was a vegan for two years, but I decided, man, I, I couldn't give up cheese, man. That's the hardest thing about being a vegan. chocolate and cheese, cheese, yeah, cheese, man. And even milk products sometimes, you know, I don't drink that much milk because I have lactose problem. But you just like the cheese, man. It's the cheese and it. Got no cheese on toast. <laughs> really? You the, the most, the most fattening dairy product you can get. You know, it's the worst thing. Good. That's the thing. It's the worst <laughs> part. Yeah. Where you, you can't give Pizza, it up. Better. Oh my goodness, I couldn't live. No. <laughs> and, and then and then you read and then you read all this stuff about soya and you're like, oh man, soya's not good for you either, man. So maybe milk's a better alternative to soya. You know? <laughs> well, soya, yeah. soya's not good for you. Nah, soya's not good for you, man. It's I not good for you all. It's not good for you. You're better off Everything drinking you know, almond, almond milk. Yeah, um, my brother does coconut. Or coconut milk, yeah, or mm-hmm. something like this. I'd say, I'd say milk. Co- coconut, because the thing is, I mean, the thing with soya, I mean, how, how much processing goes in to make that? <sighs> I don't even know, That's, man. It's mm. a good question, man. I could find when, out. Uh, the cheaper ones must be really bad, to be fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that's, and, that's, and that's where everything that's good about anything gets lost as soon as it starts getting processed. Well, coconut. Yeah. 
he's like in his most natural state, man. So coconuts are oh, delicious, man. Coconuts the one. Coconut milk is so expensive, though, man. Especially mm. in Germany, where where this whole movement hasn't really took off that much. So if you try and adapt a, a vegan lifestyle, you're paying through the nose, man. Well, England. Yeah. I find England a little bit better, though, man. Like coconut milk's like one what, what one pound fifty. Here you're paying like three three euros, man, for coconut milk for one one liter. That's, that's 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 that's, okay. that's, that's uh, off the chain, man. But uh, like I was saying, I, so I originally became a, a vegetarian because my whole idea was I don't like the way they're killing animals, and I wanted this was my protest against the industry. That was a protest. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I've realised that that's kind of waned a bit. Now it's like, oh, actually, I don't even know why I became a vegetarian in the first place. So kind of like thinking, should I eat meat again? You know, was you running down the field like Shaka Zulu with your spear though, like chasing after some wild pig and that? And you're like, actually, I can, I can do this. <laughs> like your grass skirt and that, like the BBC nah. advert, jumping up and down, like <laughs> red paint on your face. Now I'll tell you what it is. Every time I go yeah. to like one of our customers, man, I'm in Burger King or McDonald's, man. You know, you're, you're smiling. That's the worst kind of meat, man. Yeah, it's the worst kind of meat. <laughs> but, yo, we need meat. That's Dude. not even real meat, man. Don't you don't go there. <laughs> go, go get meat, mate. Go to a butcher. Man, man. Yeah, I went yeah, to some yard The thing is, I think once you start eating meat again, though, I think there's nothing off the table in it. There's nothing yeah, off the table. Really I'm eating Burger King, bar- King, man. man. I want KFC, man. I'm <laughs> pretty <laughs> worse. Over the last 10 years, I've noticed that it's it became such like a cultural thing. It's like, it's almost like a new religion and shit. People care about their diet. So it's like I, I I don't watch what I eat. I work out a lot. We're just I'm, I'm always up and down with the comedy and stuff. So when I'm at home, I cook. But when I'm out and I'm driving to a gig in the middle of the night, whatever is open, I am eating. I don't care what face it has. It's like, yeah, I know that one. Though. If you if you get the choice though, you'd always choose the the best for yourself, man. <laughs> it was awesome. Custom arm and leg though, innit? You got. I mean, you got to decide. You got to weigh up the options. Okay, can I afford this? Yeah, well, even even McDonald's and Burger King and KFC, even they're, they're all teeth anyway. Adds they're up, all yeah, like seven, seven well, pounds yeah. for like a meal. No, no, but and it's, it's not if, even if, the real meat, and it's like twenty percent meat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know if you find an Asian place you're getting a good deal you, you find an Asian place late at night <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's there's chicky, kebab. chicky fried rice nah you know, oh, Asian yeah. place Asian place they not fried rice stuff man <laughs> might taste good but trust me the thing for me though is if you actually had to be rearing and killing your own animals would you be eating it exactly yes. That's the best question. Now that I've moved to a, a more of a rural area, it's kind of like <laughs> and seen it, seen the animals and the kids are like, oh, like okay, well, that's where we get beef from. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you'd that's, have that's... to kill a daisy, kill a cow. <laughs> this one the thing is, though, these, 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 these are all skills which we should have. Parts of the, certain, well, yeah, and certain parts of the world that that's how they live. You know, well, I mean? yeah, people you do. Know what I mean? yeah. The only reason that people are squeamish about it is because it's not something that we've had to do to live, to eat, to survive. Mm. If you ever have to make that choice, we're so soon far removed that, from that process now. Exactly. But yeah. for me, I you feel know. like I would genuinely, if I had to, I would not even through fear or the hard work, I would literally only be able to kill fish. I, d- I don't feel like I could look a cow in the eye. No, I That's good because you, 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 you traditionally kill them by shooting them in the back of their head so you don't have to look them in the eye. For me to pay you for yeah. this hit on the cow, you got to look him in the eyes when you shoot him or you're not getting your money. 
<laughs> yeah, less morbid than that. Less morbid than that. I did have a thought though. I don't know why. I kind of drifted up a little while ago, yeah. And I was, I was literally thinking to myself, you know, wine is so expensive. Like the older the wine is, I'm thinking, if that wine's a hundred years old, someone's trod that down in their dirty foot bottom and that yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. the because they don't press it like that. But hundred years ago, you can guarantee some dirty foot was crushing them grapes. You know. No, oh, you got oh, like you got like a bit of cork sediment and like man's corn and that a bit bit of man's athlete's foot in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had homemade wine in England to like, do you know what I mean? In modern day, so I don't even like to think about it. My brethren's dad makes his own wine and it fucks you up, man. Yeah, how did he crush it, bro? Because that's the key question. Because if he's crushing it with his athlete's foot, bro, I'm not drinking it. More time is as well. He's an old biker. <laughs> <laughs> the biker that's straight off the bike and needs crushing grapes, man. I've been late. I've been out on the road too long. I'll have a bath in a bit, love. Just give me a sec. Yo, <laughs> uh, it'll get you fucked up anyway. You drink it, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm good, you know. So I remember that time. the calluses then. Yeah. Remember that time when you went to deliver some wine somewhere, man, and there was a bottle for like 50 grand or something, man? Oh, no, the, you know, the mad thing is, I was going to actually try and raise this as well. When I drifted off, I actually went into this store as well. So there's a place in Birmingham called Hard to Find Whiskies, and it's a place it's in. Oh, yeah, whiskey. Whiskey. Now you're talking. Hard to find. I love whiskey. Classic, class lady. Whiskey, I don't love whiskey this much, though. So as soon as I walked in, <laughs> the first thing I saw was a 700 pound bottle of JD, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. Then I walked a little further in the shop, and then they got glass cabinets. I was seeing four grand, seven grand, eleven grand. I was like, rotted. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is whiskey. You know, this is a bowl of whiskey. Like, the drink gets drunk the same way any other drink gets drunk. You get that get waxed off in two nights, and it's a, that's yeah, some madness, man. Tell that to the 91 grand bottle at the back of the shop. Yeah. Mate, that's the thing. The no, still get, never it's drinking still that. Get, it's still I'm selling oh the same. God, so I can't no, yeah. it gets no. drunk the same way. It still gets drunk the that same way. That doesn't get drunk so, the same way. That gets no. stored and sold and then resold. And yeah. I'm buying one unit just now. Nah. Oh my, my, my wife would be asked me. I get that. I get K nothing two days in this yard. I don't know about that. When you have a double, when you have a double and it costs you about seven grand, <laughs> you know, but that's the thing Kasai you know the thing is whiskey is expensive but when you go into the wine category I'm just looking this up man there's a, something called a Screaming Eagle Carbonet $500,000 man for a bottle of wine from 1992 half a million half a million for wine oh. yo I would never drink that the world's mad. The world's crazy, man. That's more than a car. The world's crazy, man. We're talking about Simon was talking about people starving and, and hungry, and, and he's talking about half a million pound bottle of wine. Just that shot. It's coming back onto. Well, there's that shot, isn't there? There's, there's that drink that you can have in that, that you know, that seven-star hotel in Dubai or whatever it is. At least. I can't remember what the, the Luxor, the Royal Luxor, whatever it is. There's a drink that you can have. And obviously, it's, it's, it's got shots from, like, the most expensive, you know, brandies and, and thingies. And this, for, for, for one glass of this cocktail, it's 28 grand. Mm, that's more than a cent. And, and if you don't pay, you ain't leaving the country. Your <laughs> <laughs> hands coming off. Yeah, oh, man, they'll keep you there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> but you know what? Like, well, we, we could actually use this as a segue into our, to our next topic, you know, because uh, Simon wrote something interesting about asking if people really care 
Um, do you want to elaborate on that, Sai? Uh, I can't remember what the context was now. Where, okay. where did we go from that? Well, remember? basically, you know, you you know, and I guess Luke Man would know too, and also Nigel. I'm not sure what one in a million is up to, but you guys all tried to start your own little businesses off and stuff, you know. Oh yeah. And also yes. with me, man, it's the same. I, I've been a music for a long, a musician for a long time, and uh, the lack of support from my from my family first of all, man, I'm so disappointed in my family. Everybody. Oh man, <laughs> more likely to get the support of oh. a stranger, some some tramp on the street. Than you are from 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 your family members most of the time, man. So what is it with people, man? Why is it that they don't want to really support you? Do you think that's envy or jealous? What is it? Yeah, I don't think that's care. I think that's issues. I think that they see you in a certain place, and then if you're aspiring to be in a higher place, then it's like oh, drag you down. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah I know you, you, you in this way, like what? Yeah, yeah. Oh my you've, you've, and then you'd be getting you've, your half a mil whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> you've, 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 you've hit the nail there. I mean, the thing is, right? If you're looking to grow, you can't grow based on the people around you. You've either got to go out and expand, expand, expand your network, or you've got to go out and just and find people who will support you. You Do know, you know can I push back on that though, just for yeah, one second? I'll tell you what, I've got Yeah. I just want to get this right there. I'll tell you, that's where I take issue with that though, Nigel. It's because I'm not saying that everybody in your life should support you and push you and do all this, that, and, and, and make it like a, like a conveyor belt for you to just you know, go forward when you say you announce a dream and that's it. But you know, sometimes, like say with my business now, I'm three years deep. I put blood, sweat and tears in there. I've done everything. And I mean, my closest people won't even put a share, which doesn't cost them nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost like, I'm not going to help you. I'm almost going to hold you back because I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm that obstacle in the way. I'll make sure that I'm not going to give that, that one bit of support that I can give you and nobody else around you will do it as well. And that's where I've got issue. I don't know what Luke was going to say in there. Sorry to cut you, brother. Yeah, yeah. So um, my, my family is quite supportive. Like with comedy as well, once the people have seen your material, it's like if, was, if you're a singer and stuff and they come to every show, they know all the work. So I understand like they ain't going to come to that all the time. So my family have been supportive and friends and stuff. But you know what it is though? Like wider associates that I know and things like that. Or a lot of people don't believe in the dream like you believe in the dream. Yeah. So each of us are all doing our thing. And in our head, mm. like, it we're on the path towards doing it now no matter how big or little progress you're making each time you're making steps towards it and you know your long-term plan and then so when i started saying when i was i was saying i was going to do comedy for ages and i was telling people and they were thinking, oh yeah of course you are i've got an office job now and everyone's everyone's just like yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like all right and then i started doing comedy and then um, a couple of people who I know, like, see me on posters. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing you on posters. I was like, I told you I was going to be on a poster, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? I've seen and you on Crime Watch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Most wanted. Um, <laughs> well, I, I do some stories or whatever in, in, my, in my live shows, and some of them can be a bit gritty, but some of them are past the statute of limitations, so that's absolutely fine. <laughs> that's all good then man that's all good remember on this show we haven't got an upper or lower limit so you know no problem oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I think also, for me personally though it's kind of like 
those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter and when they're coming you know you can see that negative reaction coming out it's just kind of like okay you do you and you're not going to be supportive but for some people it's kind of like because they're battling their own demons they literally can't see past the end of their nose so you just have to leave them to it so for the caring side like I know I would always go to my brother whatever pipe dream well he would give me some dose of reality but generally he would be the one that would be like that sounds good okay so what steps are you going to put in place and do you want to do this are you going to try and do that so how are you going to apply yourself to do this and he would be caring and realistic but for some people it would just be ignorant like oh well i'm not sure about that and they'd be putting a negative on it from you even opening your mouth so yeah i think i think luke kind of hit it on the head as well it's um i mean i did some work with the dwp who was training some long-term unemployed uh, coaching them to culture back into so they can coach themselves back into work Mm. And one of the overriding things that we used to hear from people who hadn't worked for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, oh, my family, the negative, they'd say I'm crap, I'm thick, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that. I'm, literally, you can actually, these people have been held back from their own little, you know, one girl, I remember saying she was going to do an admin job, she was going to do a, a qualification so she could do admin work. And her mom mm. and her daughter says, you can't do that, you're too stupid, you'll lose your benefits. You should stay here with us. <laughs> yeah. no Don't try and rise up. Say Don't try and rise up. <laughs> but it, the thing is, right, and, and again, Luke, you're right. Your dream is your dream is your dream. No one, it's like, you know, I used to work for Yellow Pages. One of the biggest problems that businesses have is finding people to cut to employ because they can't trust anybody. But no one else has that same passion for their business like what they do. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you I, have to look I, outside. You have to. Look I used to work for Yellow Pages as well. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. What you said about trust in the project. When I did my first uh, show in Birmingham Comedy Festival back in October, mm-hmm. my uh-huh. boy come my boy come to help me. And he was like, "Oh, who's doing the sound engineering?" I was like, "Me." He was mm-hmm. like, "Who's taking tickets?" I was like, "Me." He was like, <laughs> "Who's doing? He's like, who's doing the door?" Me, yeah. and I'm also the headline act. It's a one man show. It's a one man band. Well, well, Luke, man, you. Well, I'm following you now, mate. So anything that you do like that again, you let me know, mate, and I will bring some troops along and help out. Sweet man, the last one sold out. So I'm, I was worried first about. No way, you say you can't come to the show, bro. Bigger venue next time. Because the first time, my first big show, I was worried about not being able to sell any tickets and it being empty. And then it got to the point where I never had enough chairs, which was a better problem. And at the where, 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 where did you hold? Where did you hold it at? Uh, it was in the it was in the church inn, so bar and jewelry court. They got a back room where comedy's on on a Sunday night. Oh, you know night. the church inn, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's opposite the blue, uh, blue orange fit. It's got about fifty capacity. Yeah, there. man, I know it's a, it's, a, it's an old customer of mine. Actually, usually deal with there because is, is um, the girl still managing it? Uh, Claire, oh, see, I think it's Claire. You're well, she's quite young, like late twenties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, yeah, I know it, man. So, oh, wicked man. Well, look, man, we're in touch now, so. You, you, you wanted that problem again. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say what you, what you someone said about like people sharing your stuff on social media. I get similar stuff with mine. I, I have people who my comedy is quite dark. I say a lot of on PC shit, and not, uh-huh. it's not that I mean. It's not that I mean everything I say. I'll say whatever I think is funny to entertain yeah. myself. And if of people want to choose to be upset by it, 
they could because a lot of times I'm being satirical and people really don't understand that and I'm like I'm laying like breadcrumbs like you don't realise that I'm joking with you and some people's reactions are so literal to things I say and I'm like yeah. do you really think I mean all these things or do you think I'm a comedian who wrote some shit down <laughs> I've, got, I've got a comedian friend just like you man <laughs> imagine actually being that like that that smart and that funny thinking you know what? every bit of hate i got i gotta make this shit funny yeah <laughs> I, hate, I hate them niggas i tell you why i hate them niggas and then like just turn it into a joke but you're actually making i thought i thought I thought, well. I thought I thought we weren't using the n-word anymore man yeah, yeah what's this man what is this? You got his last show. You, 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 you figure out. You figure out too free. He's you, mate. Is it too dark for you? Is it too dark for you? Actually, you know what I'm saying? That comes right from this guy. Right yeah. This is this is come from a guy who's got the first three letters of the word in his name. I just don't see it as a, a as a positive word, man. Every time you it's say not, it, I just see I just see some white I just see some not. white ball in you, fella. That's true, but I, I intended it with negative connotations. Oh god. Yeah, good. We always try and uh, change the topic. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to integrate our swear man now. Just don't be mad at me. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, let's move on to the topic anyway because it was actually something we were talking about before about this um, problem in India at the moment, and uh, that kind of fits into what our next thing because I was, I was um, the next topic. I was basically saying what influences refugee attacks on normal people when they come to Europe or, you know, England or wherever. Um, why do they choose to drive vehicles, et cetera, into, uh, or bum, you know, crowded areas? Or are they even real? And then we look That's at what's happening. Things, you know, we're looking at... The thing is, in, in reality, when you watch the news, you don't know if an immigrant is a terrorist. Like, if you listen to what they say in Germany, anyone who comes into this con- country is a terrorist. It doesn't matter. Mm. As long as they're immigrants, they're terrorists. That's mm-hmm. it. That's rich. Yeah, they, yeah. they let in the most amount of, of, of uh, refugees and immigrants not, not the, not the anybody go- else in Europe. Yeah, not the government, but the people. You speak to the regular Germans. The regular Germans. Okay, yo. Do you remember two, two years ago in Germany, in Cologne, they had that big issue where like a thousand girls. got sexually assaulted on one night. So, yeah. so, so when people try and say, ah, oh, this never happens. It's all the media. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's all immigrants. I'm no one saying that at all times. When people deny a premise that's right in front of their face, and you tell them, no, this is, do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many instances that people can have if you say, this one was fake, this one was fake. Some of them shits had to be real, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, the thing is, I don't... It's the same with everything, because if you look at it here with, like, if we turn around and say, like, Asian grooming gangs in, say, the north, in the northwest, in, say, like, Rotherham and Leeds and these kind of things, it was rife. It happened again just up the road from us in Telford, Asian grooming gangs. So is there a problem with Asian grooming gangs? Sure but it grooms well, me, though, like, when they're doing publicise, when there are other ones as well. It's not well, this just is what I'm saying. Asians, man. This, this, is, is, what what saying, but this is exactly what I'm saying. Sorry to cut everyone over everybody, but this is what I'm saying. Because if you look at it on the other side, if you looked at the sex registry, you'd see predominantly white 
pedophiles and, and then you look at the Catholic Church and you look at a load of other variables in mm -hmm. there and suddenly the amount of attacks now that are from Asians become very probably in it's a minority in it. It, yeah. probably becomes, it probably becomes a problem that we look at as it goes, you know, it's about the same uh, uh, society. Okay. That goes okay. back to your uh, thing on the media. I've, I've, I've got a good counterpoint on this one, though, because you know what it is with the Catholic stuff, and it's, so it's a white majority country, but the Catholic stuff has already been exposed, as in terms of people aren't afraid to talk about it or make jokes about it. This other subject, and it's still a touchy subject because it's a more recent thing. And people are scared to talk about it because they think any immediate rent mention of a different race, they could be accused of racism. But they so mention the thing is, though, they mention a different race all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I don't know how they can even be worried because back in the 70s and 80s, anything that was going wrong, they had the word black in front of it and man. Now it's <laughs> Muslim <laughs> and man. You know what yeah. I mean? So they've just been afraid to mention it when they want to mention it. To me, that's like, just, that, that, that's rubbish, man. I'm not saying you're saying this rubbish. You're saying that you just say no, it's, it's rubbish. It's, it's different, though, because if you're talking about the news, we're quite happy to say that it's that black man or it's that you know Muslim terrorist or whatever it is they want to say. Or well, Islamic yeah. terrorist and that. They're quite happy to say that. You know what I mean? Like I say, for they're looking forward to it. Well, yesterday <laughs> in, the, in the paper, because the, um, the IRA guy just got done, they actually did say, they actually called him a terrorist man. But that's because like, it's already it, recognised. Some, some little group. words. Some little words. Yeah, yeah, but, in, but I do agree, though, with the whole concept that because it's new, because I went training somewhere for child sexual exploitation, and they were saying that when they first started their group and their training and everything, that in Warwickshire they were saying there's no cases of child sexual exploitation. It's like, yes, there are. And yes, there, there were are, plenty. And then it was thousandfold, and so much came out that it was like, oh, so then in that newness of it, but also in terms of I think that whole like oh scared to say black or Asian or how to address it in a different culture that be that comes from the fact that there's a lot of middle-class white females that are predominantly in those social work type roles that don't know how to address it and don't know how to then break that barrier and then it does come across as though it is racism and then well but then actually it becomes a problem in the community when you just need to handle it like a problem not like yeah, yeah. Um, how do I handle it with this African man yeah how do you handle it though because like you know say say if you're dealing with a middle class white professional who's maybe evaluating like a uh, like somebody in a prison or like you know say if you're doing the psychology part of it or you're just assessing a, you know somebody mm. do they tend to treat black people different or should they treat black people different who come from di have different issues or do you just kind of put everybody under the same blanket and say look you know problems is problems well for certain things they do have to now they have to screen in a way that it's like they're not going to be treated in a biased way for some services or like some like prison services and some statutory like uh, the local authority children services they have to do that now in order that they're not but i still don't feel like they digest it i think they just tick the boxes and carry on and don't really understand but to me it's like they don't need to understand they don't need to carry biases they just need to problem is a problem deal with it not i'm not sure he's african <laughs> there's, 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 there's so much box ticking and bureaucracy involved in any sort of job like that as well now so mm -hmm. people have people have to try and tick all these boxes 
to make sure they're not in trouble. But he doesn't get to the root of why someone might think something. Well, that's why so they're I... ticking the boxes, Luke. Yeah. It's the same as why we watch what we watch on TV, because that's all we're being allowed to see. You know, it's the same things. If you're being, if you have to tick, I don't know, if you have to jump through hoops all day, and you have to do that for eight hours of your day, then in that little bit of time that you've got is the little bit of time you've got to try and actually impact and make a difference. You know, I know a lot of people who are social workers who went in with all these expectations who soon come out because they're not actually able to change anything. Like, you know, the, the, um, I, I used to see social workers crying, breaking down in cupboards all the time, man. Literally. Mm -hmm. never, My dad's social worker turned up to his home drunk. My man had a problem, man. My man had the shakes, man. When you come to see me and my dad, bloody hell, eh? Do you know what it is, yeah. though? A lot of people who get into social work come from, you know what I mean, troubled backgrounds themselves. So the yeah. people I know who got into social work, you might have been on road or had drug issues or whatever, do you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. they wanted to, to, you know, they got out of it and then went to try to Ch change the world. But, but, the, but, but when they get in there and the system is already so clogged up and corrupt already and they yeah. just have to do what yeah. they're told to keep their job. 20, 20 cases a day, man, and the shit like that. Yeah. So yeah. we're kind of going a little bit off subject, but in general, would you reckon now, you know, when we're talking about people caring... In, in this society. Do you think now that this is literally like the bigger part of what we were just saying now, like we've got so much distraction and so much stuff that we're meant to be putting our head down into in our own lives that we literally haven't even got time to look up and look at see what anyone else is doing because we're too busy trying to, you know, yeah. keep the car and keep the keep the house going and keep everything yeah. else going. Oh, even the good hearted know. people don't yeah. have time to care the way that yeah. our society goes. It is though technology as well has contributed to that and the lack mm. of human interaction because yeah we're all speaking now and it's great technology can bring us together and but at the same time sitting with your actual friend and having a conversation somewhere is very different and a lot of people don't get that now or even say like some some people they might have only got some interaction when they went to the supermarket or when they went to get some food uh, yeah. but now there's a touch screen at the food place <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Take your fucking big back again out of here. Don't look me in the eye. <laughs> yeah. It's really like that, too. It's, it's really like that. I think uh, the human interaction's Nigel. Gone. Nigel. Yeah. Don't you think it'd be a good idea to set something like this up for the old people? To like set up a little bit of a community where they could literally come on their phones like this and talk to each other and do little podcasts. No, nah, I think... Yeah. I think when we're old, that might work. But I think older people... If you're talking about people from the, the, yeah, like our moms staff, or our grandparents... Like, got staff. Like, you, you, if, I bet you a lot of these people have modern phones, man. I bet you. My numbers is a wizard. Yeah, but she doesn't know how to use it. Now there's different type of old people, man. There's old, old people who are that who sit there knitting with a blanket on their lap and there's people out there who are playing Kept games on. on their phone and downloading the new shit and everything, bro. Like there's a different kind of old people out there, man. Don't put them all in the same brush because we watched know, a lot man. of things in the eighties and that when you watch dinner ladies and these kind of thing and they ain't all like that, man. They ain't all like that, trust me. So like, <laughs> I'm just thinking I mean like Nigel and always work with old people and that man. You know what I mean? What What so do you like, think, Nigel? Are they useless? What's that? Work with old people, you've lost me. <laughs> Are old people able to keep up with technology today? Do you think an old person would be able to type into Skype and make a call to the person sitting next to them in old people's home? 
Because <laughs> what I believe is old people are in the right, you know, they can try and sort out the problems in the old people's home. I think old people are in the right place in the old people's home. That's what they have the most <laughs> interaction. Yeah, only if they can sort it out because there's, there's a lot of abuse and stuff that goes on in there. And I'm not oblivious to this. I know that there's problems in old people's mm. home. But if you can get that oh. sorted out, I think they're in the right. Because I would like to look, look, to be honest, I've been living in Germany for 10 years. I don't have any close friends. I have no one who's close to me. I'm sitting here most of the time at home. I've been I'm playing. I'm a healthy distance. I feel good with this distance. Yeah, <laughs> screw you, dude, man. Screw you, man. Take a walk. <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I sit at home. I don't I don't really interact with nobody. I don't want to either, man. I don't want to the way the people the lot of bull crap that's going on outside, man. I don't want to interact with people. But when I get into open was home and I can't do nothing anymore. You know what I mean? I Sometimes can't walk. I think technology can inundate us as well. Me and my cousin were talking earlier about all the apps that we have to have just for the school. And the fact that you have all these things like you'll get messages from the teachers, you get this, they've got their homework online. And then I'm really? thinking, hold on, I actually haven't sat down with the teacher this term. I've just got online, online, messages, messages. You get emails every day. And it's just like, like I haven't HSBC. sat down with a person. Like, <laughs> what? That's, I actually kind of like that though, man. I kind of like it. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't in one aspect. Like, if your technology has been positive in one aspect, but in another way, it's been kind of negative, man. It can oversaturate, yeah. I think. Yeah. Really. That's, what happened. That's what was underestimated, or probably not by the people who designed these things, man, because there was an influx of technology that just developed year on year on year, and not just in the phone network. I don't know where this information came from because, like, computing, I remember back in the 80s. I remember them BBC computers for time, Commodore 64 for time, all these things. And, that. and then next thing you know, it's like PlayStation 1 was there for ages. And then next thing you know, everything's just developing and Everything's speeding up. Developing. Like uh, yeah. Up, phone, yeah, yeah. I think I was, was going to say when you were talking about the old folks' homes, some of me and my boys were saying, if we all make it to like, you know, our 70s and we're like widowed and shit, the wives are dead, I was like, we should all try and get in the same old folks' home. Like, we like, we just, it just like being in college again with the man them. It's like there'll be old, there'll be old chick there. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. They're in the right place, man. If you can get them, you know, if you can get it all sorted out, man, you're in the right place. You're your buddies. Because I would love to, look, I miss being in school. I miss being around my friends, you know what I mean? My comrades. I miss those days. Now I'm pretty much alone. Look, I got a family here. But you know, you can't, you got your family, but, you know, you can't always just have your family, man. That don't work. You ain't got all your old That's friends in the same kind of joke. Mm. And have, you have younger mentalities as well. Like I've met up with a lot of friends together and I've had a couple of reunions and everything. And it can be, it could be an anti-climax as well. You know what I mean? I like, yeah, because you got all that nostalgia and then you're like, oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. grew up and it, they grew up. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I grew up a lot, man. I mean, like, there's so many people I've seen them like, yeah, you're right, like, what do you do? Yeah, work down the markets. All right, cool, cool, cool. You're married. Yeah, yeah, married, two kids. Look miserable as hell, man. I'm thinking, I'm getting away from this person, man. This looks like the... When I turn up, man, this is the same guy who just ignores me. So I thought, nah, man, I... I I'm happy the way my circle shrunk. And I think a lot of us have become quite grateful of the way the circle shrunk. I think what happened to you, though, Wayne, is because you're in Germany, you're that, you've got that bit more detachment, so it's not a choice. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I do it deliberately. Mm. I'll be here in my, in my own little world. And this is what I'm saying. Uh, I can, I've got my keyboard sat next to me. And I haven't picked that keyboard up and played it, you know, for two months. Literally haven't. And that's my creative spark. That's what I do for creativity because I haven't felt creative. And a couple yeah. of times that I did try when I first had it back, I didn't have nothing to give. 
it's almost like I'm kick-starting a motor again, trying to get it going again. And I'm thinking, but this is who I am. I'm, I'm a natural creative who feels void of cre- all creativity. That can happen for periods of time. Like I've done a lot of different creative stuff. Like I, I used to rap when I was younger. I wanted to want to do screenwriting as well. And whatever you're into, sometimes life can suck that out of you for a bit. But yeah. then you get the, then you get the spark again. I had a lot of stuff going on over the last few months, and I and I hadn't written much. I was just doing a lot of my older material and tweaking up with the comedy. And over the last few weeks, life got a bit less stressful. I, I, my mind felt freer and more organised again, and things have started to hit me again. I'm like, oh yes, the light in, the light the light bulbs are coming. Yeah, it's a nice mm. moment when it happens, but it's just not happened for me for a good couple of months, and I find it so so stressful, <laughs> you know, because like I feel like I'm not me. I feel like I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a shade of myself, and I, I, all I want to do is just like I feel like I've created yeah. some not masterpieces, but I've created some damn good music, and I want to get back into it. Yeah, I feel the same I, with the writing, but like what Luke said about your mind being freer. I think if you're bogged down, then you can't. I think having some new things happen in your life. So if some since new girls, since you last bout of writing, if you, if nothing has happened or changed, there's been no catalyst in your life. Yeah. Don't worry, something mm. will come. Trust yeah. me. You need inspiration. You're not uninspired, and that's what it is. Same with me. Yeah. I've been the same stuff. You know, I've been in same stuff for the last ten years. So I haven't, haven't been able to write anything, man. But the moment I mess around with somebody or something, then I'm like, oh, I'm inspired again, man. Or I go somewhere new. I'm like, man, I've been to Japan, man. I saw these trees. Man, I'm inspired. Yeah. So that's mm. what I'm At the moment, you just, you know, it's been on the um, <laughs> hamster wheel. And it, you're on the hamster wheel at the moment. The same thing yeah. every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Then one, one day you'll go off the hamster wheel and something else. You'll be like, yeah, there it is. Creative Sparks back. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that, man. Wait there. Nigel, are you still with us? I'm still here, man. What's still going on, man? What's, what's the latest, man? That's my I'm listening in, man. I'm listening in. As, as, if, as you finish washing up, as you finish washing up, dude. <laughs> Get those chores done. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure if we got any more topics. We're not going to touch on that one today. Uh, man, did you hear about this guy, man? You know, this guy in Brighton, man. He's been killing cats, man. Have you heard about that? Nope. he's a cat killer man like literally a cat killer he's killed 60 but well, he's been attacking right there after 16 cats attacked in brighton 60 he's attacking cats man who what has to be going on in your mind to want to attack cats think about it i just don't like this cat today i'm gonna kill this cat and 16 of them as well where do you go i don't know 16 cats on my street and i live in a really i live in the in the sticks and there ain't no cats 16 cats there's like two cats on the street where do you live when the 16 cats are around? No, there's about 10 in my close, man. So it just depends where you live. He lives by some old people. You know what? Single women. Yeah. Maybe that's where it stems from. That's what it is, yeah. Maybe he's mad at the women. I'll kill your cat, damn it. His Tinder dates weren't working out. Yeah. It would be funny if he thought the cats were out to get him and he was at war with the cats. If he cammed up and Everything and that, you know, I mean, Arnold, you know, on commando, and Arnie was like getting like the vest on, and he's got the grenades on the vest, and that he's getting all the war paint on his face, and that he's like, yeah, I'm going in, and he's got the little back, and that, he's got everything on, man. So like, yeah, I'm gonna get these, and he's just lying down, prone position, 
<laughs> ready to go. I was going to say he's like the paranoid schizophrenic Rambo. Mm. Was that that? Hiding in bins, I haven't seen this story. I'm gonna have to look it up. I'll put, I'll put, um, actually, I was going to say I can post it here, but actually I can post it here. Hold on. I know it's a crazy. Uh, I just saw it on my timeline. I was like, no, nah, that's funny, man. I'm going to have to mention that today on today's show, man. Yeah, man. Anyway, let's see, man. I think we've probably done enough, man, for today. I don't know. Let's, uh, has anyone got anything interesting coming up? Let's go around the table, man. Uh, one million, you got anything? Because you're the lady, of course. <laughs> the lady, hey. <laughs> I, don't know if I don't even know if you're offended by that. Because like, like my wife, for example, will get mad if I, if I single her out as the lady. Cause she's a bit more... I don't want to say feminist. feminist. Yeah, she's a bit more feminist. She's got the war paint on as well. She's like, how is that? <laughs> Why are you singling me out because I'm a woman? What is that? Just not unequal rights. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be polite, man. I'm, you know, chivalry's no. not dead. Do you know <laughs> where I would get really annoyed to be typecast? And this is going back to the whiskey and the wine thing because I've always been, I don't think it's just the Jamaican family. I'd rather just have harder liquor. But it's like, <laughs> oh, do you want a wine? Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want yeah. a wine just because I'm feeling like a beer in it. Oh, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we'll come out again. <laughs> oh, so, like, we're going to have to curb Simon, man. I guess we'll have to censor this guy, man. We'll have to censor this guy. You know, yeah. just, put, just put the bleeps in, man. No, I don't need <laughs> no bleeps, man. It's too much work. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, Wally Millie, what, what you got going over Christmas, man? What you got? You're going to spend time with family, I guess. Like yes, um, so my brother, bless him, he's going to be cooking and he, he was Goodness. talking as well about next year because I was saying I'd really like to do more writing but I need to push the creative spark back but he was talking about doing some little uh, vlogs and food because he's really into his food, like really into he's his food, everything. No, but he just loves cooking, loves food. So yeah, he's gonna, he was like, I'm going to do a menu for Christmas. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So yeah. I'm going to your brother's house too, man. What was your, you give me a dress up <laughs> <laughs> oh no me no me are you going to london sorry no 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 he's coming up here to the sticks uh, to warwickshire uh, warwickshire <laughs> yeah jesus christ oh, he's leaving warwickshire it's how he's uh, leaving warwickshire isn't it? Yeah, that was really? oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> the thespian town you think i'd be inspired by that but yeah, yeah. And, uh, like what? luke said you need that catalyst and what do yeah. What is it you write then? You write novels, books, romance? Well, poetry? I did start a book and then I've like stopped with it like about uh, probably a year and a half ago. Poetry, oh, no. writing songs. But you know, no, you I know, just feel you, like I'm devoid of it all. You like, need to read. What do you need to read? You need to read the four. Have you read the four hour work week? No, no. You need to read books like this because they will tell you like there's a good tip. You know, when you're writing a book, I, mean, I can't remember what book it was, but I read it once. It said, whenever you do something like writing a book, you should mm. aim to write it in two to three weeks. You shouldn't Is do it? longer than that. Because once you okay. do longer than that, you might, you might get, you know, you'll, you'll forget it and you'll kids. just push it in the background. <laughs> yeah, I know you got kids, but... Be a pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, but two to, I don't know, man. Two to three weeks. What do you think? Look, look if, you if, if you divide an average day up, like, I mean, the kids, I guess, I don't know how old your kids are, but I'm guessing they're already in school because you suggested that they're um, doing homework. Yeah, with so, my 20 apps that I have to manage. But again, you're working too, man. <laughs> oh man, you're working too. I don't know, man. You have to try and put about f four to five hours aside, man. To, to I don't know, man. For all of us, though, yeah. five hours a day aside. That's a lot of time, bro. It's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, but, but, I mean, if you want to write a book, though, man, depending on how, but, how many yeah. pages. Yeah, no, I, I, I read a lot. And one of my favorite authors, a guy called James Alroy, he releases a book like every 
maybe four to five years and they're like say seven eight hundred pages but most people aren't writing a novel in two three weeks if it's a novel do you know what i mean like that a novel's like picking a year minimum in terms of and if you're writing like a big thick book but then i don't know you could write a small short book yeah i think <laughs> it's a start simple <laughs> start with the baby steps well yo, what, 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 what's your premise for it for your book because I've, I've got a premise of a novel that i've started as well do you want to share your premise well mine in a way there's i had two ideas so i started with the one which is kind of just like a bit of a comedy take on my life i suppose but it kind of in a way it's a bit of a sad comedy so yeah it's like yeah fictional names for replacements but yeah just uh talking about my exploits <laughs> so yeah that was Ooh. my one what what kind of exploits <laughs> buy the book With the woman, yeah. <laughs> buy the book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, alright yeah what about yours Luke <laughs> so um, I started writing basically a future dystopian like crime drama set in England um, okay when I, when, when I was younger and I used to be a bouncer of bookies in London and stuff, I made I made friends with this dude and he used to he used to drink in the pub next door to where I used to work. And I was having he's an old geezer like late fifties. He's like a tough old white geezer, you know, like Ray Winston. You're like he's the fucking governor kind of geezer. I, I was drinking. With this guy. <laughs> I, was, I was having drinks with this geezer like after after work the nights in the pub next door for about a month. And after about a month, he told me. That he's a cop and he's a murder detective, and uh, he worked for he worked for Trident Black on Black Crime, and I was like, "You motherfucker!" I was, no like, I was like, "I was like, I have had loose lips over these last few weeks." So this is. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no so like my man, he, like, I'm not gonna say his name, but this guy's our man. He, he used before he was a cop. He used to be a football, football hooligan and he used to be like a thug and shit. Like, yeah, bear stab wounds is a sick still, but he's not good because he had stab wounds. He was mm. just like an OG kind of thing. But anyway, he it was in my early 20s and basically he was an old white guy and he was trying to recruit young black and Asian men into the police force. His wife was black and he'd been on the police force since like the late 70s, early 80s. And he said he faced a lot of racism for from other what officers for having a black wife oh, yeah. and and he said that people tried to fuck him over in the force they'd send back up late and leave him in danger and stuff like that no <laughs> you know actually that was a topic for today actually but we're not going to get into that too too deeply i was going to talk about interracial dating but actually forget that today but that's an interesting thing that you said there man because i know that when you're dating outside your race people yeah man you get some hate man i remember so my wife my wife is actually a german um and i remember once i was walking down the road with a man and you got some german guys shouting out racist um slurs to him and i'm like what the what's going on here you know what i mean so once you get with a person outside your race you become part of that race you know what i mean you know what i mean so yeah it's kind of kind of messed up man it's messed up man but you know it's the way it is so man. good man love will love will keep you strong man yeah wow well, <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, yo, yo, Luke, Luke, <laughs> okay, story Luke. for another day. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's story for another day. Luke, you wanna uh, give us anything? You come coming? I know you said a lot at the start of the show. You could probably repeat it if you want. Okay, so yeah, in um in in, in uh, May, the Coventry Comedy Festival's on. Uh, me and my boy Sachin Kumar Rendering will be doing an hour there. Absolute culture smash. So it'd be half an hour of us each doing some long form comedy quite like dark intellectual comedy so if if you like you know fucked up shit come on down um if if anyone is listed and you're in manchester on the 14th of january i'm performing at xx malarkey in manchester city center so if anyone's in manchester 40th of jan and you you hear this you want to say look man there's a place yeah, man. I, I think, like I think, that. I think cool. that's actually X, good for it. X, 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 what? Malarkey. XS. So, X-Ray Sierra Malarkey. That's the name of the club. It's like a, it's a big comedy club in Manchester. Okay. I think, I think Nigel, Nigel, you should definitely hook up with Luke, man, man, because I think you guys could probably do some comedy together, man. Get on some of his shows, man. I think that'd be a good thing. I'm going to go and watch you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'll, come and see, I'll come and see you, Luke, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds more threatening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I steal your hey man, watch out, Luke, man. I heard this guy steals jokes, man. <laughs> I don't need to steal jokes, man. I don't jokes. need to steal <laughs> jokes. Messing, <laughs> I saw the guy walking down the street. Nah, nah. Okay, uh, Nigel, you got anything coming up for us, man? What are you saying, man? Give me something, man. Why it's Christmas, man? I'm doing zizzle. You do nothing. Sizzle. Nothing. Nah, man. I'm, planning, I'm planning. I'm planning for a launch of a, a, a training workshop at the end of January. That's uh, love sales, hate selling. So I've got uh, some budding business people who want to sell more, convert more of their sales and generate more leads. So if anybody wants to get onto that, just check out my Facebook page, Love Sales Hate Selling. I'll be blasting out adverts on there for the next four weeks. Uh, and other than that, I'm taking a week off, man. It's Christmas. <laughs> hey, make, sure, make, sure you, make sure you save an hour for next week's podcast, man. But you're taking a week off, man. You're, you're still employed. Backside, but we have to work hard, you know. You're still employed. You're still employed by me and that. <laughs> Sorry, man. What you got coming up, man? You got anything going on for Christmas, or is it quiet for you? Um, we're gonna have a nice quiet Christmas. Just gonna catch up with some stuff with the business. But um, I was uh, I did the pre-record. I think I told you last week of um on BBC WM talking about Igloo, and you know I took one of my artists there, Mayo Mayday, as well. Um, so. You can get that on BBC uh, Sounds. It's Nick, uh, Sunday night with Nikki Tapper on BBC WM. I think my interview comes in about 38 minutes. I'm not that I've checked or anything. And then my, my artist performs later on in the show about, uh, about, about 20 minutes after. So yeah, man, check that out. And yeah, just check out Igloo Music, I-G-L-U-M-U-S-I-C. Igloo Music on Facebook, Igloo Music Official. Check it out. All right, cool, man. And you know me, man. The usual, stalio.com, A-L-S-T-A-L-L-I-O.com. Check me out. Uh, I've got nothing going on at the moment apart from the podcast. It's better like this, man, because I'm, I'm flush for everything, man. i got nothing in my brain at the moment. Yeah, man, guys. Thanks for being on. I hope to see you guys Thank again, you. man. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, man, keep listening and you'll find the show will be up later. So uh, I'll send you guys a link. Or yeah, right. Cool. Uh, thanks guys then uh yeah love and light to you all have a good night and a merry christmas and everyone merry christmas merry, merry christmas, christmas everyone uh, don't Take drink too much everybody. yeah don't yeah, drink too much
uh, get into the new year well. Don't kill yourself or whatever, you know, that's that's always a thing over Christmas. Uh, yeah, man, and have fun. Provide man. I don't eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Guys, see you in a bit, man. Peace. Take care. Bye. Bye.